Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sailorville Church Podcast. My name is Abe Miller. I'm here with our counseling pastor, Kurt DeGraff. Welcome, Kurt. We Thank are you. we are here with uh, week number two of our marriage and family series that we're doing here in the month of February. If you didn't get to listen to last week's about the differences between men and women or husbands and wives, go back and listen to that. So this is... That would be great. That was foundational. That was foundational. We've already heard some good responses from people that have been able to listen to it with good conversations. So so we're dealing with um, communication and resolutions today. That's kind of the topic. But Kurt, you're our, you're our counseling pastor here at the church. You've been in ministry for... 40, 40, going on 48 years. 48 years, yep. So you have a lot of experience. You've dealt with a lot of people. You've dealt with a lot of issues and sin and conflict. Um, what are some of those kind of the main themes? What are, the, what are you seeing, especially today, um, in the counseling office? I appreciate this segue because fresh in my mind is the counseling. I just finished a few moments ago with uh, a man who's relatively new to our church, and uh, he's a, a new widower. And so I was dealing with him on subjects of grief. Mm. My heart ached for him. Mm. He uh, has trusted in Christ as his Savior, but he's still wrestling through, as we can appreciate, the loss of his wife very suddenly. And to be honest, he said she died of a heart attack. I was right there trying to do CPR. She oh, could wow. not respond. I tried to talk to her, but she was in that state, that trance, just before they move into death. And he told me, he said, I regret the fact that we couldn't talk, that I couldn't say goodbye, that I love you mm. and interact. My heart went out to yeah, him. Wow. He's a good brother, wow. and we're just trying to process that with him. But on a parallel is a kind of living death where people stop communicating. Hmm. They no longer really talk, at least effectively and essentially. It's superficial, and it doesn't really reach down into heart issues. And my heart grieves for people like that. I think with Super Bowl weekend coming up, uh, I'd like to use a football analogy. It's almost as if couples are on the same team but they're using a different playbook. We guys who are into football, we understand that there's uh, an offensive game plan drafted by the offensive coordinator, and all the players, all 11 guys on offense, need to be on the same page. And if they're not, if they don't know the play, they may line up wrong and penalty may be thrown for illegal procedure. Uh, If they don't know the snap count, maybe one of the offensive linemen will move, false start, penalized for five yards. If we're not on the same page with our wife, and that page, of course, is the Word of God, walking in the Spirit, then mm-hmm. we're going to have a penalty flag thrown on our relationship. We're going to be set back. So it's really important that all of us really go by the same rule book, guidebook, playbook, i.e. the Bible. And I think what I see with couples coming into my office is oftentimes they've forgotten the playbook. Mm-hmm. They're not really walking in the Spirit, and they're not in tandem, and hence they just keep kind of fussing with each other, and one of the things I see is not only a lack of communication, but on the opposite side of that, a lot of bickering that goes on. Just bicker, 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 and they come and they say, we're so frustrated bickering with each other, and we're tired of this, and we need some help, and Mm -hmm. we love helping people, 
We really do. We, we want to do what we can to encourage them. A lot of people have false expectations. Uh, Kevin Lehman says, frustration is the distance between expectation and reality. Mm-hmm. And a lot of couples have a lot of expectations that don't come to fruition. And the reality is they're struggling because they don't really know how to play by the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Um Communication seems to be such a big deal, uh, it's right? Really big. Such a big deal. There's so many different things to yeah. talk about here, and this is going to be good to, to discuss. But like, what um, what are some of those topics that people are coming in and, and bickering, and like maybe yeah. explain bickering? Like, how do you define that? What yeah. is that? And yeah. and what are you seeing when it comes to these these conversations that you're having? Yeah, behind closed doors, a lot of people struggle. And they're not on the same page, so they're, they're hot on each other. They, they needle each other. Uh, they don't re- react well uh, because they, they don't know how the other person feels about something or they disagree with them, and so they just kind of bite each other. Mm-hmm. And the issues that, that come up regularly, uh, marital conflict, would be, for example, finances. Too much month left at the end of the money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks quite frankly, don't live by a budget. And that gets them into trouble. A lot of people are borrowing in their credit cards, even for consumer debt. Beyond the mortgage on the house or yeah. on a car, yeah. they're just they're, they're using the credit card just to pay for groceries, you know, that kind of a thing with no plan to necessarily pay it, pay it back right away. Or maybe, uh, shall we say, uh, consumer goods. Another issue would be, as we mentioned last week, sex is a big combative issue, especially relative to frequency or quality of sexual interaction. A lot of folks are really frustrated in that arena. And then if pornography, as we mentioned last time around, enters the picture, that can cause a lot of stress. And I've come to realize that not only men, but women also struggle with pornography. Hmm. Then there's parenting issues. I'll amen amen that. (laughs) Uh, we're going to talk about that two weeks from today. <laughs> it's a big ticket item, especially if you're in a blended family and there's his and hers and maybe even ours together. And we tend to favor our own biological offspring and that can cause stress to be sure. Then there's the in-law issues or parent issues. Uh, on Friday night when Pastor and Marilyn spoke on our marriage night, they talked about that and it can be a big problem. You know, the Bible commands us to leave father and mother and cleave to our spouse, and the two shall become one flesh, the leave and cleave principle, be glued together. And uh, a lot of folks allow their parents or their in-laws to interrupt and to dictate, and that's not good. There's only one primary human relationship, and that's the marital relationship, the husband and the wife relationship, and all others are secondary. Parents, in-laws, secondary. Children are secondary. We've got to make our spouse that primary, that only top-billed human relationship. Then there's things like schedules. And to be honest with you, there's a lot of spiritual passivity going on in homes where folks really aren't into it spiritually, walking in the Spirit, in the Word, talking about Christ, and that leads to a lot of challenges as well. Yeah. Okay. So, so we've got all of these issues yeah. that, that we, you know, the list could probably go on and on yeah. for issues, but like what's at the, 
I guess what's at the heart of it, right? What's the main issues? What's breaking down here that's causing these issues? And I'm sure people that are listening are saying like, yeah, we checked that one. We checked that one. We're okay there. We're okay there. But what's, what's actually happening there? What's actually um, at the heart of it? I think at the heart of it is selfishness. We went our way. Uh, we all struggle with that. And if we're uh, not walking in the spirit, then we are going to bite our mate and we're going to hurt them. And then they're going to retaliate if they're not walking in the spirit and things start to come unglued. That's really at the heart of it. Yeah, that's, um, I think uh, when I look at my own life, I think of the, when Jesse and I maybe have issues or we have conflict, right? A lot of times my own heart is just not in a good place, right? I'm not, maybe I'm not doing well spiritually. I'm not confessing sin, which makes me frustrated. So then I take it out on her because I'm frustrated or I take it out on my kids because it's not, I'm not doing well. I'm not seeing clearly. I'm not, I'm not seeing biblically. I'm, I become selfish, like you said, and it's really easy. Like it can spiral out of control uh, pretty quickly. So, um, okay. So what, what biblical guidelines do you give to couples? Like what, okay, I come in or I've got these issues. People are listening. Yeah, I got it. I'm not doing well. Like, okay, give us the, give us the counselor, give us the, the, the wisdom here that we need to work through these situations. Uh, I first of all, get people to talk and it's amazing how coming into a counseling office, they feel safe and they feel like they're going to be heard, and I'm kind of an arbiter there that's going to referee an umpire and make them play by the rules and be kind to each other. So they start to open up. Uh, you brought up a good point a little while ago when we were chatting about the importance of listening well. You, you want oh. to just share with uh, those watching what you shared with me? Yeah, I, I, I was actually talking to my son about um, dealing with a situation, and we were kind of talking through that, and I was just saying, hey, let let the person, the, the person was a little bit kind of like, you could tell they were excited, let's say. Um, but I said, hey, just let them listen. Like they, they wanted to meet and talk and whatever. I said, just let them listen or let them talk and you listen to them. Yeah. Be a good listener. Let them express themselves. Let them get it all out on the table. I said, don't interrupt them. Because you're going to learn a lot just by listening to that person, hearing their heart. You're gonna you're gonna get a lot of answers that maybe you were looking for just by listening, instead of interrupting. I think when people interrupt, that's when it escalates because you're not really listening. I just want to talk, or I just as a guy, I just want to fix the problem. And I think that um, once you the, the person the person that's excited is starts up here and it okay it slowly brings it down right to like then they find like are you done? You're like, yep, I, I think I'm done. That's what I wanted to say. Okay, now now we can actually have a civil conversation about like, okay, here's what I heard. Here's what I understood. Is this right? You know, and then you can go on to it. So that's just something that I've I've heard and I've seen. I've yeah. seen you do it, you know, in the counseling office yeah. as well. Just letting people, let them get it out. Let them, you have with most of the time, that's just what they want, right? Yeah. Does somebody listen to me, please. You have to earn the right to speak into their life. And you do that by listening well. Yeah. Talking is sharing. Listening is caring. And there is a difference. Sometimes when my wife wants to talk to me and I'm a bit distracted, I, I tell her I'm listening, and I really think I am, but I'm looking at my phone or whatever. Yeah. And she'll say, 
Listen to me with your eyes. <laughs> I, I need that. Yes. Eyeball to eyeball. Yeah. It's really important to show respect by looking into their eyes. It's one thing I noticed in the counseling room. Often folks that are on different pages, they don't want to look at each other. Yeah. So I make them look into each other's eyes. And when it comes to making apologies and asking forgiveness, which we'll talk about next week, I see you got to look into their eyes, grab their hand, and honestly speak to their heart. But your, your point's well taken. We need to listen well. Hmm. Yeah, what else? What other, what other thoughts do you have as far as just dealing with these kind of issues? Uh, once, once I've listened to them and they kind of share their heart, what's the main problem as you see it? Then I kind of speak into them and I, we give them biblical truth because we're all about biblical counseling. What does the Bible have to say? Our friends at Faith Church in Lafayette, Indiana, who sponsor a counseling conference every February, right. including this February, uh, they, they have tremendous insights, and, and uh, they have what they call four rules of communication, which is based on Ephesians chapter 4, a classic passage, wherein we're encouraged to put off the old man and put on the new man, which is created in true righteousness and holiness. And the passage in question, verses 25 through 31, actually gives illustrations of putting off, stopping something, and replacing with something else, putting something godly in its place. And so we talk about communication and what it sounds like. The first point that the folks at Faith and Lafayette say for rules of communication is to be honest. Based on verse 25, therefore having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we're members of one another. In other words, my spouse is not only my spouse, they're also my brother or my sister in Christ. Sometimes we, we kind of bend the truth a little bit to protect ourselves. We don't really speak the truth. We need to put away all lying and speak the truth, as it says in verse 15, speak the truth in love. We can beat people up with truth, or we can lovingly share insights based upon truth. <laughs> I've heard it said sometimes it's better to be uh, kind than right. Uh, I understand what the person is saying who quotes mm -hmm. that. If we say something that's right or truthful, but it's unkind, they're, they're not going to hear it. Mm -hmm. So we've got to speak the truth in love. Uh, the second uh, rule of communication from our faith friends is to keep current, based on verses 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. That's pretty hard. Yeah. And it goes on, do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Keep current is the principle. Solve today's problems today. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Right. And Charles Spurgeon once said, how do you know when your anger turns to sin? Based on this verse, he says, when it lives for more than one day. If you keep being angry overnight into the next day and on and on, it turns into bitterness, it turns into sin. Anger is not in and of itself necessarily sin, although it easily moves that way. We attack people with it. We ought to use it as a positive motivation. Okay, I'm feeling perturbed. Can we talk about this? Keep current. Let not the sun go down in your wrath. Um, one of the things that the faith people have said is most people who clam up eventually blow up. 
And I, I talk to a lot of people because opposites attract before they repel. <laughs> uh, uh, who are, they use the silent treatment. Yep. Uh, they, they just clam up. They get mad. They go in the other room. They slam the door. They don't want to talk. I, I say to people, if you're given toward that, where you just can't talk right in that moment, tell your spouse, look, I can't talk right now, but I promise to come back in 15 minutes. I just need a few moments, a few minutes to decompress, to think, to pray. Then I promise to come back, but I can't talk to you right now. But don't use the silent treatment because then your partner loses hope. Like, we'll never get around to discussing this because it gets shoved under the carpet again and again and again. Kurt, what would you say? That's a great point about the people that maybe clam up and that's my tendency. That's what I do. I get quiet. Yeah. I pull back. Right. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm done. Like I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I just want to. So that's good advice for me personally. What about the other way? What about the person who reacts and comes, comes at you and they're the, the complete opposite of that. What's the, what's the advice there? You almost have to have some prearranged signal that communicates to them, look, I think you've stopped conferring and you've started emoting over the top. Mm -hmm. Maybe something as simple as raising your hand, like, I don't think we're communicating anymore. I think we're just arguing, bickering, and you're getting out of control. Um, To be honest with you, uh, I'm going to get into this in a few minutes with another point here, is that some folks are more volcanic in their anger. Mm -hmm. Well, other folks stuff it. Yep, They're more like a wood stove. And we react in a variety of different ways. That volcanic kind of anger can burn our partner. Mm. And that doesn't do them any good. And we need to make an appeal. Look, uh, no offense, but you're over the top. You're, you're hurting me. You're burning. You, you're using 100% words like, you always and you never, <laughs> yeah. you know. And... And then they bring up everything that they can remember from the past and throw the whole kitchen sink at, or all the kitchen plus the kitchen sink yeah. at you in the argument. And that, that doesn't help anything. I just was at a, in our men's community group last night and somebody shared that. They're like, here's a couple of things I've learned. Don't ever say never and you always, which exactly. is those 100% words. They're like, that's one thing I've learned in several years of marriage yeah. is don't use those words. Yeah. Let me go on. Yeah. Um, the third rule from our faith friends is attack the problem, not the person. Verses 29 and 30. Let no corrupting talk proceed out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up. Got to think before we talk. Is this helping or hurting? Only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to the hearer. Am I graceful and gracious in how I'm communicating? Am I building up or am I tearing down? That's a really important thing. Sometimes we just take people to task and we really hurt them badly. Verse 30 goes on, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. By the way, there's a difference between grieving the Spirit and quenching the Spirit. To grieve the Spirit is saying basically yes to the flesh. I'm going to have my way. I'm going to say it the way I want to say it. That's grieving the Spirit. Quenching the Spirit is saying no to the Spirit. When the Spirit prompts you, you need to go to your mate and apologize. I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. She needs to apologize first. He needs to apologize first. 
<laughs> that's that's quenching the spirit when the spirit prompts us. But we grieve the spirit oftentimes by whom we've been sealed by just being selfish and wanting to do it our way instead of letting the spirit of God control us, control our tongue in how we talk. And then finally, verses 31 and 32, a fourth uh, rule of communication is act, don't react. Verse 31, let all bitterness, that's a lack of forgiveness, and wrath, that's from a Greek word that means this volcanic explosion, thumos, and then anger, which is orge, which means it's kind of the stuffed brand of, of anger, and clamor, that's kind of the fighting, combative spirit, sometimes even leading to fisticuffs, physical abuse in a home. And slander, that would be gossip, be put away with all malice. Malice is wishing ill on your mate. And that's the kind of hate that the Bible, of course, forbids. We're supposed to put that off. And in its place, this classic verse, be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. And here it is. How do we do that? Even as God, because of Christ, has forgiven you. That's... Get-along guarantee right there. We'll be talking about that more next week in our podcast. Act, don't react. Hmm. I give out a lot of materials to people who come in for counseling. If folks are listening and they say, you're talking right into my life right now. Hey, set up with one of our, we have nearly 16 people on the counseling staff when they're all active, and we're here to help you. We're not going to beat you up. We want to help you. We want to coach you, come alongside and give you biblical truth. But we give lots of literature out to people. And one of the things I give out is the communication guidelines, 10 of them, and we go over that. And I even send it home as homework assignment. I want you to walk through this, what the Bible has to say. Be a ready listener, number one. Do not answer until the other person is finished talking. Don't be loading your own gun, you know, preparing to retort. Right. Not even listening to them. You're angry, and you're going to say your piece, and so you don't even listen. You just fire back. You can't do that. you got to listen well. Even take notes. Even say to them, this is what I'm hearing you say. Is this correct? Now, that takes patience. It takes patience, but we need to listen to them well. I already mentioned another one on here. Do not use silence to frustrate the other person. Explain why you're hesitant to talk at this time. But that's where we often struggle. We don't want to explain why. We just get mad and just you know, exit the scene, and that doesn't help. So here are some basic guidelines that we give to people to help them from a communication point of view. There's lots more I could say. We don't have time today to go through all of this, but these are some basics we try to cover yeah. in the office, in communication, that we urge people to take home and practice. Yeah, those. Those are really good. I mean, really good truths. Easier said than done. And a lot of times because we are selfish and we are sinful people that don't see clearly and don't see things and are looking out for ourselves. So I think those are, those are really good truths. So, I mean, for the, the people, you know, listening to this, I mean, I'm sure there's lots and lots of marriages out there that are, they're struggling. They're, they're just way more than you realize to be honest with you. (laughs) There's a lot of folks in every church, including our own, who are struggling. You're not unique. You're not weird. You're just normal. But you can't just let it go. you got to get some help and work it through. Yeah, so what, 
those people that might be out there and say like, we're just not communicating. We are not having good conversations yeah. or we're just talking about the kids or we're just talking about money or we're just, you know, like we're not really communicating spiritually or even, or it's just, it is a volcanic eruption every time we try to talk about anything. Yeah. Where do they start? I mean, what, we can't have everybody come in and meet with you, which would be great, but that's just, we can't do that. We right. just, it's not going to work. But so what, where do those people start? How do, how do they even take a small step towards resolution, towards just having a communication without blowing up and it just exploding to door slamming and they're not talking for days? I, I think we tend to say, I'm going to let my partner respond first. I, I think they've offended me more than I've offended them, so. They owe it to me to talk to me and apologize to me first. We need to, as God's people, take initiative to say, I want to be a part of the solution and not just a part of the problem. Hmm. Even if we feel like we've been offended more and our mate is more at fault, we need to own our own junk and deal with that. Um, in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 5, husbands are called spiritual leaders. And you, you gave a great together with Mark Rice, um, presentation to our staff today on leadership principles. And I thought, there's probably some overarching principles here. Can you think of any leadership principles you shared today that guys need to apply relative to leading their wives well and maybe taking the initiative to work through the issue? To be honest with you, most of the people that set up appointments for marriage counseling are the wives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of some of the things we talked about today. The, the one, one of them that comes to my mind is um, even when I like talk to my wife, Jesse, she'll, she'll start to talk or she'll say, um, hey, you know, we start having this discussion. And, and in my mind and sometimes out loud, I, I have to ask myself, is, is she looking to just talk she just wants someone to listen, right? Is she looking for my feedback or is she looking for me to solve the problem? Mm -hmm. We as guys are like fixers. We want to, yeah. well, yeah, the answer is very obvious. I mean, do you not see that? I mean, come on, you know, it fixed the problem. Let's move on and move on to other things. And, and women, like we talked about last week, they have more words. They want to share their emotions and how they're feeling and stuff. And as guys, we just sometimes miss that. So I think that's one thing is that that's the idea of listening. Like, okay, I need to listen with the intent to learn. What is my wife saying? What is she trying to communicate to me right now? Do I need to own it? I love what you said. I mean, I think that is the, probably the biggest thing when it comes to guys is like, you know what? That was my fault. I was in the wrong. Yep. Forgive me for what I did. And, it is so easy to blame shift though. Well, I had a rough day. The kids were this, the house was not clean. Right. And it's like, we've got every excuse in the book to excuse our, the way we're reacting, which at the, at the end of the day, it's our heart issue. Right. So I think that's just one thought that comes to my mind. Um, just being a good listener, listening with intentionality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it, when it comes to, um, conflict resolution, um, uh, I try to give practical pointers to people. And, and one of the booklets I use, and I'll flash it up here to the camera, is uh, Communication and Conflict Resolution by Stuart Scott, who's actually spoken in our church yeah. before in one of our conferences on counseling. 
And uh, he, he lists some things. He says sinful ways to handle conflict, what not to do. Sometimes it's helpful to, to uh, mark those things out. Here are some sinful ways to think, let time heal it. Time heals all things. Mm. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Try to bury it. Ah, a lot of couples do that. They haven't apologized to each other in years. They just stuff stuff under the carpet, but it comes back to haunt them. Then number three, pretend it never happened. Number four, wait for the other person to initiate the resolution process. We just spoke to that. And then finally, punish the other person until they change and take all the blame. Some people always want to be right. They just, they're just the kind of person that says, I, I'm not wrong. Oh, yes, you are. We're all sinners. We all need a Savior. We all need to bow ourselves in humility every day and be like Jesus. So that's what not to do. Um, here's some questions that are good when you're right in the middle of it and you're trying to figure out, where do I go with this? How do I handle this? Because we are so prone to forget everything we know as Christians in the moment of heat and battle. It's just like it goes out the window. Yeah. And the flesh just takes over. So here's some questions for you. Before trying to resolve, ask yourself these questions. Do I have the facts right? Should I hide it? What does that mean? It's First Peter 4, 8. Love covers a multitude of sins. Hey, there's some little things in life. Our partners, they don't mean anything. We don't need to make a big hairy deal about it. Should I just cover it over with love and just let it go? In many cases, we should. Is my timing right? Oh, wow. This is a big one. Sometimes uh, people want to discuss something late at night, you know, bedtime, maybe even after bedtime while they're in bed. I'm talking 10, 30, 11, midnight, and they want to get into it. Terrible idea. <laughs> You're irritable when you're tired. Yeah. You're not going to accomplish anything. The timing has to be right. Never get into a hairy discussion beyond probably 9 o'clock at night, if not before. Um, I, I like to use an acronym, not original with me, for times when we're more prone to sin, and it's the acronym HALT, H-A-L-T. You're more prone to sin when you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, or when you're tired. Mm. And you need to know yourself. Self-awareness needs to be there. Like, yeah, I'm struggling with that right now. Yeah. Probably not a good time to get into it with my mate. Mm -hmm. I need to know myself well enough. Is my timing right? Then, are my words loving? Is my attitude right? I'll be honest with you. Sometimes... Because of fatigue or whatever, I feel crabby. I can almost feel irritability coming on. <laughs> that makes me feel better that you said that, Kirk. <laughs> and it's like, if I open my mouth, I think I'm going to sin. Yeah. If I'm really honest, sometimes I still open my mouth and sin anyway. Yeah. But when I'm tired and I haven't eaten well and my blood sugar's down, <laughs> I get crabby and I feel it coming on and I just blow right by it anyway. Wrong. Sometimes the most, I should say this, spiritual thing you can do is just go to bed or take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other questions. Have I prayed 
for God's help. One of my prayers every morning in my devotions is, Lord, control my thoughts and my words. Think before you talk. Pray before you talk. And then, um, do I need counsel from someone else before I try to resolve the problem? We're not professionals here, but we are biblical counselors that will give you information from the Word of God. And if you're stuck, that's why we're here. Uh, don't think of counseling as being some weird exercise for people that are way over the top. It's just biblical discipleship. That's all it is. Yeah. We're just coaching people from the Word. We're, we're really um, coaches that come alongside to help you so you can play on the same team. So don't be bashful about coming for counsel when you're struggling with something. That, that's really important. I, I would say, too, um, you have to have a game plan for resolving an issue. And, and I urge people, those who are listening who've come in for counseling, know I talk about this a lot. It, it's important to have at least one night a week where you can sit down and talk. Probably more than one night a week would be good. But if you have a date night, where you can really get below the surface. And I hand out questions for couples to ask. Yeah. Ten questions, not original with me. Ten questions every husband should ask his wife every year. Question number one is, what can I do to make you feel more loved and cherished? Well, your wife can talk for 45 minutes on that. So can my <laughs> wife. So can every wife. Because yeah. they feel strongly. And if we will listen well, we'll learn a lot. That's just the first of the ten questions. Uh, for the wives... Ten questions every wife should ask her husband every year. Number one, what would you say are the most important goals we should have for our marriage, and how may I help you achieve them? I'm your come-alongside one. I want to be your biggest cheerleader. I want to support you. These are questions that go beneath the surface, you know, beyond the what are we having for supper or right. who's taking the kids to practice tonight. We've got to go deeper. We've got to communicate at the heart level, find out what, is in the heart of our mate. So you got to establish what I would call uh, a conference time, conferring time, after supper, maybe the kids are doing homework, whatever. Maybe they, if they're small, they're in bed. Maybe around 8 o'clock at night where you say, we're going to carve out 30, 45 minutes, and we're just going to talk. And I want to really find out how you're doing. How can I pray for you? What's bothering you? A am I being the right kind of a mate to you? It, it takes some courage to do that. Yeah. But we've got to do those kinds of, of things. And then we, we've got to be quick to start off by saying, look, I, I'm going to start. I need to ask the Lord to help us and guide us. If we're a male, we're supposed to take the lead. We're going to pray. Then we need to confess our sins to the Lord and to each other. If you do that and you ask God for help, you're off to a good start. If you don't search your own soul first, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to fight. You've got to... Own up to your own junk first. And then, and then you say, okay, what can we agree on? What don't we agree on in any given matter? And then this book by Stuart Scott, he, he has some, some insights where he says, when you, when you don't really come to an agreement, ask yourself this question, is it a preference issue? Are you just wanting your way? You know, Jesus... The Bible says, in honor, preferring one another. Quote from Paul. Is it a sin issue? You know, if it's a sin issue, that's pretty black and white. 
Is it a conscience issue? We should never make our mate really go against their conscience. That's Romans 14 and 15. And then is it a wisdom issue? And that's sometimes where we need help from a counselor. And we just don't know what to do in a situation. And I, you know, for example, I, uh, I tell people regularly, couples, never make a major decision except you're both agreed. Guys, don't come home someday and say, hey, honey, I just bought a brand new pickup. <laughs> And spring that on her. Like, what? <laughs> that doesn't go well. Yeah. We, we, we need to talk about major purchases, and we need to be on the same page and make sure everybody's agreeing. Um, these are just some basic things we hand out, and I'm happy to pass this literature on to you. If you ask for it at church, I'll run in and get you a copy, or if you want to come in for counseling, we'll pass some of this along to you. But these are just some of the principles. Back to communication, back to a willingness to resolve. You can't just stand your ground. You've got to apologize. You've got to say, let's work this through. Let's ask God for help. And if you do that, almost always, the issues can be worked through. Yeah. Really good, Kurt. Really good stuff. I'm, I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm convicted and challenged while we're doing this. I, just the other day, Jesse and I were having a conversation. We're like, we need to go out and, have, we need to go out and talk and get below the surface thing. And she was like, I don't want to talk about money and I don't want to talk about our kids. And I was like, Oh man, like, which it's so, I think from a guy, which I'm a, I'm a planner. I'm a, like, I like details. I like schedules and stuff. I mean, that's, that's what's on my mind, right? Like, what are we doing? We got five kids. Where, where are we taking them? Who's taking the car? Who do we have to drop off? You know, like, okay, we're, Who's, who's buying that? Do we have groceries? I mean, there's just, there's always stuff going on. And then you come home, like you said, and you're tired and you've been working all day and you're like, I'm, I'm out of words, right? Like I'm, I'm done. So, I mean, but it takes work. It takes effort. It takes Holy Spirit power to be able to sit down and say like, I, I love the idea of like the conference thing. I think that's a great idea. Like, okay, we need to sit down. We need to have a conversation and talk through these things. And I think along that same line, as much as possible, Try to reserve one meal a day for everybody to be together. Now, that's hard today yeah. with all the activities going on. At least one meal a day, probably going to be your dinner hour, supper time. And, you know, technology has got to be laid aside. And we're going to talk. We're going to interact, not just with the spouse, but with the kids. And guarding that, that dinner hour can be very helpful for maintaining continuity in a home. That's that's a principle I've I've really urged strongly over the years in the counseling office. Yeah, that's uh, really good, really good stuff. I feel like we could go on and on and on good. talking about about these issues. So, yeah. um, thanks so much, Kurt. I think one other thing I was going to say with the with coming into counsel and asking for advice, you said something about you know talking to somebody else or running it by somebody else, which I think would be great for like our community groups, you know, if you're in a men's or a women's community group or a young adult yeah. community group. Good place to do um, it. Well, you wouldn't be in a young adult group. Yeah, you would be young marrieds, uh, those groups, or um, yeah, just a normal community group. I mean, there's people that know you that are you can go and talk to and bring them along and say, hey, we need some Give us a different perspective, right? I mean, that would be a great and, and, thing and these to do. principles we have, for the most part, applied here to marriage so far. But they apply to any yeah. interpersonal relationship, yeah, with friends, with coworkers, church members, kids, kids. Yep. Yeah, uh, you got to do the same thing with them that you do with your spouse. 
because life is all about relationships. Starts with the Lord, you got to be right with Him, and then you got to be right with your fellow believer by following biblical principles, playing by the same rules. Yeah, great. Thanks so much for for coming down here and talking to us. This has been really good. I, I feel like we could just sit here for another hour and have a discussion, but uh, fill us in on what's happening next week. We're going to talk about forgiveness issues. Uh, one of our counselors, uh, head of our ladies' side of counseling, Meredith Jackson, is going to be joining us, and we're going to be talking about the importance of forgiveness and how to do it. It's a big-ticket item. Mm-hmm. I deal with it regularly. And frankly, a lot of people are dealing with bitterness and hurt and pain, and they just can't quite get past it. What does the Bible have to say about this? We'll talk about that somewhat in depth next week. Forgiveness and the Christian. All right. Thanks so much, Kurt. Appreciate it. Thank you.